conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now, back to the episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. morning good morning hello hello how are we doing this fine monday morning here uh in march the month of march well there's no better time than march madness we missed it last year so yeah i've been watching a lot of basketball and went to a friend's house and grilled out last night and let the little little boys run around the yard so good weekend good weather over there finally Finally, yeah, it's been great for the past month. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. I was the me and uh, Ross were the ones that were snowed in recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Ross? How are you doing? 
you know, it's still freezing, but I look at the weather forecast for next week and it looks like there will be some sunshine and is it 15 degrees Celsius. So I'm so excited because last weekend was still like it's minus two Celsius. So too cold for me. But uh, so, yeah, sun is coming. And so it's uh, I'm excited for what is coming. Finally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think um, this week we didn't have anything really specific planned, but I do have a couple of quick fire questions for you guys today. And so hopefully the audience will enjoy that. But I think what we're going to do, we normally go with uh, what's with the noise, but I'm going to do bid eruption report first, and then we'll do what's with the noise and we'll segue into some rapid fire industry questions for you too. If that's cool. You guys ready to rock and roll? Awesome. Here we go. Bid eruption. Hi, yeah, the startup of the week is Glamping Hub. They're existing for a while. They're, they're older than Bidroom. They're existing since, I think, 2013. And I think it's also nice to address this area. I know that we can ask uh, Golden, but I think he doesn't like really glampings. So I understood from the previous talks. I do like it. I Normally, every year, most of, uh, actually, last five years, I went to Italy with my family and stayed kind of a glamping. Always really nice to do. Um, I didn't book it on Glamping Hub, but in that case, I still want to mention them. I think it's an interesting area to explore. It's sustainable, being in nature. I think it's also a nice step away from luxury and hotels sometimes. So I do like it. So my startup of the week is Glamping Hub. And I do like a lot of those things in, in this in this area. As well, you see much more also related to campers and and, 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 uh, and campings out there. Also sharing the sharing economy, when you, for example, Camp 2 and others of them. So, but again, this week it's it's glamping hub. I just told my wife in the weekend. I hope next uh, spring gonna be okay again, and we can go back to the camping in Italy. We went for several times. I remember camping weekend on the Gara Lake. So I'm really excited to go there with my uh, with my son as well, as he never been there. But uh, this week it's it's a glamping. So I don't know. Uh, we can ask Golden later if he likes it, but <laughs> I know he doesn't. Uh, one more thing to mention as well is the events. What I'm only doing this week, we have morning sessions, so coffee sessions. So reach out to Bedroom if you join. I think we have it every morning. I think European time, CAT, 10.30 every morning. So for the US listeners, might be quite early or middle of the night, but feel free to join. Um, more stuff is coming. Also, I Meet Hotel has their own podcast, so feel free to join us and follow us there as well. And I think that's it for today because I can't wait for the questions of Will. So. Back to you. Good morning. And uh, just to clear things up, I personally don't like camping or glamping, but I do think it is a big opportunity for the, the market and the segment. And I think COVID is certainly helping drive uh, the glamping idea or structure out there a little bit further and more widely adopted. But this week, Will, if you could bring up the headline. We're talking about how uh, the future of workplace travel is going to be decentralized. So... We've talked about this a good bit on the show, but I think it, it continues to evolve and become more and more interesting. And I think Michael's seeing it firsthand with his company, and, and we certainly are at Noise Aware. But 
the the idea of decentralized office space or decentralized companies means that you're still going to have to bring people together, which could, in fact, drive more travel than than before. Your sales guys are still going to be on the road a bunch in the future, but your desk jockeys are going to be now dispersed and, and have to come together once a month, once a quarter, whatever the company figures out is best for their cadence. So you'll start to have people that have never really traveled for work before traveling on a fairly semi-regular basis to have that collaboration because I think, you know, if any, if we haven't learned anything, it's, it's that collaboration is still really difficult to do virtually and, and over Zoom. And it's best if you can all get in a room, if it's quarterly, monthly, whatever. Um, we, we do it quite a bit at, at Noiseware and bring different teams together. Um, and then we'll have one or two times a year that we uh, bring the whole company. And one of Michael's previous, Ross's previous startup uh, of the week was Troop Travel. And what they do is essentially figure out the best location from a cost standpoint for your entire members. So if I'm in Alabama and we've got people in Denver and Portland and Atlanta and our company's out of Dallas, it can help us figure out the, the best cost-effective place for us to go. So I think this is a, a segment that's going to continue to develop and get stronger and um, super excited to see how this collaboration actually takes place because it's not just travel and airlines that, that are going to benefit. It's going to be short-term rentals and hotels and office space and all that. So it'll be pretty cool to, to watch the evolution of the decentralized workplace. Awesome. Sweet. I love that. We get all of our uh, startups of the week seem to be getting mentioned or brought into some kind of application right last week we had uh was it lifehouse lifehouse yeah yeah but their their kayak hotel so it's just no big deal i guess good morning hospitality is kind of you know making big impacts on the industry you can see they're getting investment they're getting scaling they get bought they're just cooperating partnering so i think as everybody we're mentioning here so if you have a startup to be mentioned, feel free to share it. But it's a guarantee for success, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'd say don't hold us to that guarantee. It's not held by uh, Good Morning Hospitality. But um, <laughs> we get 1% of the company. <laughs> complain to Will, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll just send you right back to Bidroom uh, on a subscription basis. Uh, just kidding. But uh, I'm excited. So we didn't really have like, there's obviously industry news. There's all sorts of things happening all the time, um, you know, especially with certain lockdowns and restrictions in different countries and, you know, all these new reopening plans and roadmaps. But I figured we go have a, have a little bit of fun with the industry rapid fire question episode where I'm going to ask you guys a couple not so serious questions, but then ask you a couple uh, more serious, uh, well thought out questions. Um, but my first one will be to Mr. Golden here. And that would be what type of accommodation have you not stayed in that you're looking forward to actually staying in? Because even though you may not be a glamper, uh, I'm kind of curious to see if you have anything that's a unique stay that's on your sites uh, for, for the near future. Yeah, 100%. And it's 
not sleeping under the stars on an air <laughs> mattress without air conditioning. I can assure you that. Um, not, not my cup of tea. That's not good. So <laughs> I'll go the polar opposite and say a castle. Um, and I actually have a, uh, a trip planned to Scotland in July where I'll be staying in a, maybe not a castle, but a 17th century manor house, just a massive, beautiful old um, manor. And super, super excited about that. Uh, I've certainly never stayed in, in something along those lines. And I also love history and have quite a bit of Scottish heritage. So going to be excited to, to get out there. And hopefully they let uh, Americans in by July, but we'll see. We'll find out. Did you get free cancellation? Uh, of course, yeah. Perfect. All right, cool. Just making sure. Where did, like where did you book, Michael? Direct. Okay. Good. Only, okay. Okay. Well, not the only way to book, but one of the only ways to book. Direct. <laughs> and then yeah. with with your bedroom subscription, right? That's also fine. <laughs> As hotels don't pay commission for hotels, it's fine. Yeah. There we go. That's good. <laughs> It's uh, it's actually an Altito property. They they've gotten oh. out of the, oh, they still do a lot of the urban management, yeah. and they've also uh, diversified a little bit more into countryside. And, and this one is going to be super cool. So shout out to Altito. Yeah, love those guys. If uh, any of our listeners of this show like Slick Talk, you should go find Will Perry's episode on there. Um, awesome dude, and we had a lot of fun. So you can learn a lot more about them. Um, so Mr. Ross recently, I saw there's an article, uh, of the first hotel in space. So my, my, my first question to you is how do we get a bedroom subscription to get there first? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're looking a bit and Googling a bit on bedroom and space, I think you'll find it like a few years. I think it was first of April, I think two years ago, we announced that we're going to offer space travel. It was actually, it was posted in some different media that we we're the first one who actually offering travel to space and accommodation. As most of the people realized later, it was the 1st of April, of course. So, and it, of course, uh -huh. we didn't do it, but we still keep it. If we have an, an, an 404 page, you show uh, a moon page. So still, it's a bit there. Um, so, but the first travel to the moon. Opposite question, would you go if it will be offered to you tomorrow to go to the moon tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> not, Mars. not Mars, but definitely the moon. I, I'd be more worried about the coming back trip than the going there trip. <laughs> uh, That's I mean, true. But it will be Musk, useful to come back. And say so Elon Musk has got that fixed. Do you not see the the, the self landing? It was great. It was solid. Yeah, it'd be Sometimes. pretty scary. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'll let I'll let a lot of people do yeah. that first before I jump on that. Yeah, <laughs> we could go first. But uh, let's see. I think we always an advance. We always try to be the first one, this first move advantage. So I think it's it's okay to go to the moon, and there's some accommodation possibilities. I think we were the, we'll be one of the first one who's offering this. So uh, I will let you know for sure. And uh, will you can stay there then, and uh, I will wait a few uh, few yeah, more years. I've got a rapid fire question for you. When are you going to get a Delta subscription on Bedroom? <laughs> Interesting count, question. Count we actually. No, well, it, it's something interesting because we're discussing now with several airlines. I can't too much in detail because of NDAs, but we're discussing with several airlines to do some joint kind of loyalty, right? So bedroom membership will be part of their loyalty program, for example. So we're discussing with a few airlines this now. 
Um, so they're creating even more loyalty for their for their user base. I can't say if it's Delta or another one, but we discussed this is actually an interesting angle we are now discussing with. So it makes it makes sense, right? And you can see also with some change hotels now, you will see it soon. They are also willing to give actually their loyalty benefits, actually all of them, to bedroom users. This is also the first time they're doing this, right? So beside the better price, they also so you're getting points as well. So you're getting, for example, I can't mention the name yet, but soon you'll read it. But you get points as well for loyalty programs. So we just we will cooperate more and more with existing if loyalty you programs. Through bedroom, is that right? Yeah. You so if you book the bedroom, you get also loyalty programs for uh, loyalty points, actually, for one of the biggest hotel chains. And beside discount and upgrades and all those amazing stuff, which you can only get on bedroom.com. That's yep. awesome. Wow. Yeah. So people who doesn't have a bit of membership, please sign up soon. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah. Um, sweet. No, my, uh, so my question is both of you, we've talked a lot about this behind the scenes. Um, wasn't something that we thought we could make a whole episode. Well, not that we can't make a whole episode out of this, but wouldn't be the most exciting one, but I'm kind of curious as I've stepped into the, you know, vacation rental management game once again with a new company and we've you know uh, started to acquire properties, we're seeing that our property management software has a lot of integration tools you know with NoiseAware or with Safely or with you know Breezeway and all these other products. Um, so what are been what have been like the pros and cons of um, you know connectivity and tech in our space, especially in hospitality, I think um, it's something that we've always talked about and how people, some people think it's like turning on a switch, but it's not that easy. Um, so I'm kind of curious on your guys' thoughts. And I think we'll start with Golden first, if you want to take it away. Yeah. yeah, I think so. The end state of the industry 10 years from now is that everything's connected. The growing pains right now are there's 500 PMSs, there's 700 locks and automation companies. There's only one noise monitoring company, so that's good. Um, you know, channel managers. Channel managers might have to pivot from distribution to actually API integration management, right? So I think there's there's opportunities in the changes, but right now, quite frankly, it's really messy. It's really sloppy. PMSs try and take a, they have their hand out and take a cut. Channel managers have their hand out and want to take a cut. Like there's no easy way of, of integrations um, across many, many platforms. So at NoiseAware, our strategy is essentially to only integrate with the best and leave the rest kind of out there. And eventually we, we may get to it, but we're also betting, placing our chips behind the companies that we think and, and want to succeed. Uh, because we can't integrate with everybody and you can't make a really solid integration with great marketing plans and all that with everybody. And, and if you have a headline every week that says, hey, new integration partner, like you just, it doesn't mean much. So our, instead of going in an inch deep and a mile wide, our, our strategy is much more mile deep and an inch wide. I like that. That's one of the main reasons why I picked on not one of the main, but a good reason why I picked the property management software that we have is because they actually do integrate with you guys. So it's really nice and helps me out a lot. So shameless shout out to NoiseAware and hopefully what, what, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Roth, what about yourself? Cause you guys connect with so many hotels and so many different, uh, I can only imagine the amount of 
softwares and platforms that you guys integrate with um, with Bidroom. So yeah. some some backstory behind that for you. Yeah, it's insane. I think the, the, the headache I had most years was because of connectivity, right? It's just, if you see that we build a platform and first, okay, we're building a cool platform, membership, uh, business model, and then we start connecting. I never thought it going to be so difficult and so complex. And it's just, if you see that what we, we built two years ago, we built a whole new infrastructure, which I think is the most scalable infrastructure connectivity out there. Uh, what we see, there's a lot of interest even in our technology already because it's so super advanced. And actually, because we built something from scratch, which is like in this case with microservices and connecting to many channel managers, PMS and everything. But it's, I'm happy we got an amazing CTO who really taking care of this with a, with a great team. And it's super complex. And then you see, even though we're doing, for example, freeway certification with a switch and, for example, hotel chain, also from their side, there's box on their side, what you have to fix with addressing. It's to get a hotel chain or get a channel manager active takes weeks and sometimes longer. And it's, it's. I think often it looks for me some of they're doing this on purpose. When you look at the PMS, a channel manager try to make it difficult. It means also I spoke to and, and like a PMS before and then they try to get the market, but they are just really have difficulties to scale. Um, and actually it's the case, it's really difficult to convince hotels because hotels are also afraid to move from PMS to different PMS because of all the complexity is out there. And then you have not the kind of the, the channel manager in between, which now indeed what Michael said would change the role because it's less and less needed to have a channel manager. At the end, it will be more like indeed an API kind of switch. So, so let's see. We try to centralize things and create some standards. We have our own standard distribution API and rate availability APIs, etc., to make it as easy as other, uh, as possible also for others to connect. But it's it's super difficult industry, and it is like it's 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 complex, and it seems to be that it's often keeping this as difficult as possible to not enter for newcomers. Uh, it took us years to build what we have now with a lot of manpower. I'm happy that we have it up and running now and it also shows a lot of visibility and interest in, from others. We're using it now only for Bidroom, just call it like a super engine that we build. But again, to maintain this and to keep this always up to date, it is it is challenging. I know we can do it, but it's it's connectivity and, and, and everything around it is uh, yeah. it's I, interesting I space. I can, I, can, I can write a book about it nowadays. <laughs> Maybe the, the one additional thing to add, at some point, there's going to be the, the cream is at the top and then there's everyone else. And right now, there's a lot of funding going into the everyone else because there's not really a clear winner, at least on the short terminal side. I, I may be different mm -hmm. on the hotel side. And until there's a couple clear winners, then I think funding is going to keep coming in and then you'll keep having more and more people uh, to, to integrate with. So you really need the cream to rise to the top before you can actually execute uh, a handful of very, very meaningful integrations. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, well, but we, it's shared. There's no, there's one pin is good because there's no, no duopolar monopoly like in the OTA space. But you can see in connectivity, of course, you got travel click and side money when you're looking at the at the hotel part, they're big. And if you're looking at chains, they're using Derbysoft or, or Disco. But then you've got so many small ones. And this is this is challenging because you have to maintain them and take care of them. And there, there are hundreds, what you said. And to take care of this, it's it's a lot of work. I understand that most of the new booking platforms who are starting something, they're just using wholesalers because to really maintain direct relationship and connectivity with hotels. It is you need a lot of manpower and, and deep pockets for it. So, 
It is intended. All right, Will, we, we've got a rapid fire question for you. Okay. <laughs> Clubhouse or podcast? Uh, I I still go the podcast route, but I will say so. Like, there's pros to both, and there's cons to both. One Clubhouse, I feel like everyone's on it too much, so it's definitely a quick burnout uh, mentally. Um, for me, at least, I I, I can't I, I don't understand how people are on there all day long every day. Um, but I think it's really good. I, I was kind of telling you guys, I feel like it's a LinkedIn and podcast mix where it's like. You, you'll obviously find some other rooms or groups or clubs that are really are kind of pointless in my opinion. Um, but if you get into the professional side of things with short-term rentals and hotels and restaurants, like you find some really cool stuff and these people are like really big thought leaders in their space. Um, so you get to build a really cool network and then the organic growth, uh, in my opinion, is uh, pretty insane i've seen the podcast numbers skyrocket on both shows um ever since being on clubhouse so we've you know, had a huge amount of engagement so um i think yeah i think it's a good mix so i'm definitely a podcast all the way because it's organic content that lives forever um clubhouse if you unless you record it which is kind of not frowned upon but they yeah it's not very common yeah like it's in the you can record your rooms but you have to get written permission from everyone that comes up on stage via a DM or um, something like that saying like, Hey, um, you have permission to use this as a recording. Um, so I feel like the, the content in clubhouse, if you have a really great room, let's say you give a killer speech that, you know, would be left in the hall of fame for speeches and it's in clubhouse. Uh, guess what? no one's ever going to remember or no, because it dies literally after that room ends. Um, unless somebody recorded it versus a podcast or, um, you know, a video series like this, uh, I think is a little bit different. So that's just kind of my... One, one more. Good morning, hospitality or slick talk? I played the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I played the fifth. Good question. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Back to you guys. I got one for Ross. Short-term rentals or hotels? Mm, if I have to choose, hotels. So you can only stay in one the rest of your life. I know. I have to be honest, right? I'm not avoiding answers like Will does just now. I'm just giving the true answer, right? Even though I like short-term rentals, I still am a big fan of, of hotels. So I have to choose hotels. How about you? Uh, of course, short-term rentals. More space now that I've got a family and a kid, like separate rooms to sleep in. Yeah, that's nice. Can't just get a two-bedroom suite? Just kidding. Yeah, it's a lot more expensive on hotels getting a two-bedroom suite than it is getting a two-bedroom short-term rental. Yeah. Significantly yeah. more. Yeah, depending on the area, maybe. I don't know. Part of me is like, I've seen, yeah. Anyways, next next question to you guys uh, is, is uh, okay, so... Yeah, that's actually a great segue. Speaking of hotels and short-term rentals, so what are the two, the three things that hotels and short-term rentals can do in order to bridge the gap between the two? And what I'm for the audience, what I mean by bridge the gap, for quite some time, at least in the beginning when I first got into short-term rentals a couple of years ago, was that hoteliers, especially when I was a hotel manager, were like, oh, short-term rentals are bad, they're unprofessional, they're just air mattresses on a 
in a tiny little crappy room, no linens, blah, 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 versus the short-term rental side saying we are very professional. We, you know, we do have nice quality homes, especially like in the luxury sector or whatever. Uh, we just want to see at the table. We are hospitality. We provide a really good service. We connect with our guests on a deep level, but we've kind of just taken away the pain points of a hotel with waiting in line to get your keys and all this other stuff. Um, so the two have not kind of, I would say butted heads, but definitely have had their differences. So that's what I mean by bridging the gap. What are the two to three things that you think both sides can do in order to bridge that gap? And I'll start with golden. Cause I can all see right. hearing. So I think the, the perception is historically that short-term rentals don't provide the same level of hospitality that hotels do. And in many cases they're right, but I think that gap has tightened significantly in the past year or two. And I think, you know, quite frankly, as there's been a lot of furloughs in hotels and layoffs, short-term rentals, there hasn't been nearly as much. So a lot of those people are now entering the short-term rental space and hospitality is gonna level up. So that's, that's one. Two, I think is hotels accepting that short-term rentals are a complementary, not there, there's competition in some regards, but for the most part, it's a complementary inventory set. And, you know, we've mentioned Marriott many, many times on the show. There's times when you stay in a Marriott traveling for business and there's times you stay in a, a home and a villa and that's when you're traveling with your family. And the sooner that hotels realize that inventory can be complementary, not just competitive, the better. And then the, to piggyback on that piece, which is my point number three, is availability. And hotels can only be in one neighborhood because that hotel is one box, right? And short-term rentals can sprawl across different neighborhoods. It can be in cities that the hotel doesn't have any operations in yet. So take a you know, U.S. hotel chain, I don't know, like a freehand or a ace hotels, right? Super yep. cool, super trendy hotels, but they're only in a few markets. Like they could team up with a short-term rental operator with the same kind of brand trendy price point image, all that stuff and open up their availability to tons of new markets. So if, as long as that company is providing top-notch hospitality, which I think, again, a lot of short-term rental operators are starting to do, then we're, we're in business. Yeah, that's a lot of good points. How about yourself, Ross? What are your thoughts? I want to start with, I think, education. I think we had another startup we mentioned once was hotel.school. I think this is important in the hotel. Everybody is, most people are educated and they know what they're talking about. They had, they have knowledge because of they did in hotel school. You can see still in the vacation, even though it becomes really professional. Uh, I know the hotel school and together with AGL uh, from Simon Lehman, they just develop courses for vacation rental. And I think it really makes sense, right, to develop because there's a lot of things to learn there as well. So I think this is important that the the, uh, the vacation rental can learn also from uh, from professionals in that space. So I think education is something which is common in the hotel space, not in the uh, vacation rental space so far. I think also what uh, vacation rental can learn from hotels often is loyalty. 
I think in hotels, of course, loyalty programs, etc. This is not common uh, branding rights, etc. You see the vacation rental, you stay somewhere, but that's yeah, you might come back in the future. But again, you go to maybe to Airbnb. There's no direct relationship with them. So I think that's a point. What can what can be uh, can be changed? I think also standards and classification, right? I think that is what I still personally still miss. Maybe vacation rental. Maybe that's why I still have a strong preference for for hotels. Because of course you have your super host scoring reviews, etc. But still, if you in hotels, you know, it's okay. I want to stay at least in a four-star hotel. That's for example. That's like a, for example a requirement because you know, even though everybody knows it's complete nonsense, it's still it could be kind of a filter what you're using, and he you knows okay, four-star hotel. That's the one I'm looking for because etc. So I think when there's more standards in, in, in classification into vacation rental, I think a lot of more people who just now get used to to stay in a hotel, they might make the move to to uh, to vacation rental. And I think still what also hotels has to realize that there's some people just prefer to have indeed this kind of uh, vacation rental when they have the kitchen, when they can, and, and it's, I think hotels also have to be look be more open and you can see they do a bit more and more. Why not combine it more often, right? You just have a few, and many hotels, they just have double rooms or twin rooms and a few single rooms and that's pretty it. And sometimes you're lucky if they have a family room, but often this is not even the case. I think if hotels, okay, we want to target a larger audience, allocate some rooms, make them a bit bigger, uh, make them as an apartment or vacation rental kind of service. And I think this will be a huge uh, uh, chance for, for hotels as well. And again, if I search for specific places for my family and I prefer the hotel, yeah, then I might still turn up indeed in an vacation rental because there's no, I don't want to put my son of one and a half year and my daughter in a different room. Right. So and that's what Michael just said. I prefer to have an, an larger space because then you want to be all together. So I think that's something what I think they can learn from both from each other. I think it's super important. And last thing to add, I think what what apartments or vacation is doing quite well is adopting quite a lot of technologies, right? Like like self check-ins and those kind of things. And hotels are always a bit skeptic. Like should we do it? Does it lose our personal approach and everything? I think if you're finding a balance in that way and especially now, I think it's also good. So I think they can both learn from each other a lot. And I think uh, yeah. we love to and the perfect blend is, you know, back to episode, what, two or three of the apart hotels are the future where you get yep. standardized class rated rooms, but you also have uh, apartment style units and mm -hmm. pretty compelling case for it. But we'll uh, we'll see what mm -hmm. the future. Yeah, no, you guys both bring up a lot of good points. And I think, um, yeah, for my opinion, just. I think vacation rentals can take on more of the hospitality side. They're very tech and real estate centric. Um, but then at the end of the day, like when I'm in those clubhouse rooms or whatever, I'm like, okay, this is still hospitality. Like you still have to like anticipate guest needs. You still have to, you know, like, and you know, resolve issues or create moments or make that special. Um, but then um, for the hotel side, it's like, okay, this is a new inventory set. And if you actually learn from what they're doing with the technology side, even just creating, a listing of one of your rooms that actually can accommodate, um, you know, more people, whether it's like, I'll, I'll just say a hotel that we're working with, for example, that has a two bedroom suite, full living room, kitchen, two bedroom, two bath. Um, they can actually go on Airbnb and become a new distribution uh, channel with her, <clears throat> a new type of guest, a new type of traveler that does bring awareness to their brand. So I think there's just a lot of stuff that they can um, both learn from each other. And I think it's going to be an exciting time as we keep moving forward this yeah, next year, maybe two or three. It'll be interesting. Sweet. All right. Well, you two uh, 
Anything to close us out with? We got um, a lot of rapid fire questions done. Um, so I'm excited to hopefully, you know, the audience enjoyed that. Um, now, yeah, basically anything, any final thoughts for you guys? No, have a good week. Sweet. Perfect. Ross? I'm curious with the audience. I'm curious with the audience prefer. Good morning hospitality or slick talk, but uh, they can let us know in the comments. So <laughs> okay. see you next well, week, guys. See you guys next week.